Great, well it's uh, lovely to be with you this morning. Um, my name's Tim, if I've not met you before. I'm the youth worker here at Forest Town Church. And we're actually going to start this morning um, with video in a minute, so I've just asked the team to get that ready. Um, so, um, as Anthony sort of said, we are continuing on our series of Holy Spirit. We took a bit of a break for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago we had the wonderful hog roast, um, and that was fantastic to be together. And then last week we had Michael Eaton sharing on um, uh, faith and from Hebrews, which was again really encouraging. But uh, this morning we're looking at healing, and I'd like to just uh, start with a video, so, so if you want to send that going, that would be great. Yeah, my name's Mark, I'm from Bedford. So I've been a part of King Carver's Church now since about January time, uh, 2015, and been coming here ever since. About four years ago, me and my partner Winnie went to Mombasa, Nairobi, and the Masai Mara. When I returned from the holiday, I started experiencing severe stomach pains. My body rejected all foods and fluids. Pain was really horrible. In the end, I was admitted several times to the hospital, and because I couldn't keep food down, they inserted an NJ tube, which is a tube that goes down past the stomach into a small bowel where they could actually feed me. My problems started getting worse and worse over four years. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, colitis, duodenitis, gastritis, and intestinal failure. litre of morphine a week, plus several other tablets and medicines. My day-to-day -day life would involve just lying on my bed each day if I wasn't in hospital. I'd just lie there, watch telly, just totally lethargic, nothing in me whatsoever. It just, it wasn't just a strain for me, it put strain on my partner, on our relationship. If it wasn't for my partner, I wouldn't have even got this far. I would have given up long ago. Throughout the four years I was hospitalised well over 20 times. Um, everyone in A&E through to the wards knew me, even the porters know me. And it just got to the point, I didn't want to wake up in the mornings. And then one morning I just said to my partner, we're going to church on Sunday. Throughout my visits to the church I heard about the Alpha course. So I started attending Alpha courses, didn't make every single meeting because I was in and out of hospital all the time. On several weeks, people would ask if they could pray for me, which I said yes, and let them get on with it. This, I didn't see any harm in it. Nothing happened, but I carried on going. And then there was this one night, um, a few of them said, we want to pray for you again tonight. I said, yeah, I've got you know, <laughs> I've got nothing to lose again. Just before the prayer started, they said they're going to pray for healing, any spiritual oppression, anything like that. And while they're praying for me, I'm stood there. Then things started going strange. I just started shaking, sweating, felt weird. After the prayer, I had to sit down. About half an hour later, one of the leaders come up to me 
just to check that I'm okay, and just says, are you okay, Mark? And I've basically sort of gone, looked at him and the pain's gone. I've got no pain. I went home, pain-free for the first time in four years. I went to bed that night. I woke up feeling hungry for the first time in four years. Tried a little bit of food to start with. I wasn't sick, I had no pain. And then I just started eating everything inside. I started ordering takeaways like they're going out of fashion. I just couldn't eat enough. And ever since that day, I've been totally pain free, no sickness. I'm now totally off my morphine, totally off all my medication. Um, Jesus has basically saved my life. That's the only way I can put it. Um, for the first time ever, I feel alive. Now, instead of my past work, which used to be warehouse and driving, I want to be involved in work where I'm helping people. Because I feel like I've been helped now, so I want to help others. Cool. So uh, we're looking at healing this morning. Um, this is a massive topic and there are entire books you can read on healing and we're not going to do much more today than just sort of open the front cover and glance at the contents page. Um, and later in our series, Anne and Helen, I'm, basically I'm leaving all my tough questions for them. They're going to come and bring a bit more about this and help kind of uh, extend our, some of our, our thinking on it. But this morning, my aim is really simple this morning. I want us all to be convinced that Jesus heals today. And I want those of us who follow Christ, I, I want us to be equipped to pray for each other and for our unbelieving friends. And I want us to know that Jesus wants to use us. Yeah, that's what we're, we're going um, this morning, guys. So does that sound okay? Great, fantastic. Um, so today's title is Jesus Heals Today. So I really want us to leave today with, our, if, if you came in with kind of a, a faith level in one place, I kind of just want our, our faith levels to rise this morning. And that's why I kind of started off with um, that video, which is um, a guy called Mark. It's um, my old, old church back in Bedford. I know, know the guys who've prayed with him. And, and, and so you know, he's kind of connected to me. Um, so I know his story's real. And I don't know, something like stories like that, something in me just goes, yes, come on. It's something that stirs in me, goes, yes, come on. This is, this is the God we follow. Isn't he amazing that he can touch a life like that, that he can transform a life like that, that he can bring healing can, and bring someone from one place into a, a totally different experience where now he's just saying, look, I've received so much. Now I just, I want to give it away. I want to help others because I've been helped. This is the God we follow. And I love it when uh, people stand at the front and share testimonies. A few weeks ago, um, if you weren't here, we, we heard David share an amazing testimony where uh, David and his friend had been uh, used by God to, uh, to uh, be able to offer critical heart surgery right across the world in Ghana. The, um, a guy in, in Ghana was, well, he, he, was, he was going to die without this intervention. and uh, It did not look good. And they were able to get across uh, to him the amazing, uh, uh, amazing series of well, God incidences or coincidences, whichever you want to we'll call it. And they were able to, to um, form that surgery and literally save someone's life across the globe. And, and so it's just it's so encouraging when we hear those stories. And if you've got a story to share, do get in touch with the leaders. We'd love to, to hear it. But as a roadmap of where we're going then, I would like this morning to share a few stories uh, from my own experience and journey on this around the, the topic of the Holy Spirit and healing. Um, 
I want to share them just what I've witnessed and maybe some of the things that have happened to me. Because um, basically, whatever I've deposited, whatever I've received, sorry, I want to deposit to you. Whatever I've received in this, I want to deposit to you this morning. And after that, we'll have a, a brief look at some of the theology um, and we'll finish with just some practical thoughts about, okay, well, how do we pray? Um, and, and then we'll pray for each other for healing. Okay? Great. So a bit about um, my journey first. Well, growing up in church, um, to be honest, I did not know much about the Holy Spirit or any of this. It wasn't really mentioned much uh, when I was growing up. Um, there's a quote that says, God the Father, I understand, and God the Son I can, makes perfect sense to me but the Holy Spirit is a grey, oblong blur. <laughs> and it's like, that's my experience. It, it, it felt like, I, I understand God the Father, I understand Jesus the Son, but this Holy Spirit, who is he? And he seems kind of strange, and I, I don't understand at all. And the churches I went to didn't talk much about healing. Um, if you'd asked me the question, does God heal today? I would have probably answered, yes, God could heal today. I believe God could do it, but I didn't really expect it to happen, if I'm honest. I didn't really expect that to happen. I don't remember hearing any stories at church um, being shared. Yet in amongst this, some incredible things did happen. I remember um, one man from my church in Loughborough, um, whose, whose name was actually also Tim. And so he had a really scary thing happen to him, where over the course of a month or so, um, he began to lose his, his vision. And at first it was just areas in the peripheral of his vision that went fuzzy and then, went, uh, and then went to fade and disappear. But after a while, about a month or so, he ended up with only a small patch in each eye which he could see in the centre. And it was really scary. And he went to the doctors and basically they said, we're not entirely sure what's happening, but it looks like you're losing your sight. Really, really scary situation. And, you know, it could have been linked to stress. They weren't really sure what was going on. But, um, you know, the church got together and, and prayed and it was kind of behind scenes as friends got together and, and prayed for him and you know, although there seemed like very little hope really for what was going on it, it seemed to be getting worse and worse week after week um, one week Jesus stepped in and healed him and, and literally we came, came back the next week and his vision was restored com completely um, and I couldn't believe it at the time that a bigger deal wasn't made of it. I was like, this is incredible. There was a guy who was, who was going blind in our, in our congregation and now he's, he can see he's been fully restored and it, it completely blew me away. But um, this was the exception, really. If, most of the time we didn't hear much about healing. Um, then it was only when I went on a, a gap year and, uh, to serve the, the church that things started to change in my thinking. I remember it was about this sort of time that I first read the book um, The Heavenly Man. Uh, who, hands up if you've read this book, Heavenly Man. Loads of us have. It's an incredible book. I remember it, it, it was like, for me, reading the book of Acts, but reading it today, the modern day today. Hands up if you would like to read this book and you haven't done. Donna, it's yours. <laughs> Enjoy. Be, be encouraged. It's, it's an incredible story, really, of, um, of just... God moving, and it's, in it's set in China, but it's all, really all about um, one man, Brother Yun, and the Chinese church, and it's uh, that Chinese house church, and just, you know, God moving miraculously in that. It was incredible, and it was like reading the book of Acts, and I guess it completely blew my mind, because I, I, you know, the book of Acts seemed like a long time ago, and those sort of things happened then, but what about today? You know, could that really happen? That got me interested, so I started reading some other things. I read um, Catherine Coleman, uh, I Believe in Miracles, I remember, had a really big impact on me. In fact, um, I can still remember one of the stories of, of George Orr uh, from that book, where um, he'd ha uh, been involved in an industrial accident, 
uh, where he'd been, he'd been at work and basically through an accident what happened is um, some liquid molten metal, so really, really hot liquid metal, had splashed into his eye and uh, it caused, it's called blindness in one eye and then over time it also spread to the other one and he was losing vision in the other eye. And so, you know, he'd received medical compensation, you know, had all the optometric tests, he was going blind and, you know, there was, unfortunately there was not much that they could do to save the other eye. And in amongst that, Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him. Um, it, it was at a service. Um, it was actually not the first time he'd been. He'd been before and, and it, was, it was actually going back that one day Jesus healed his, his eyesight and the optometrist tested it out and they said, look, we don't know what's happened. It's almost like you're a completely different patient. We can't explain it. But yes, you're, you, um, you, you've got 20-20 you know, vision. You've been healed. So incredible stuff. And I love stories like this. It really like, you know, it's like so exciting. Say, wow, this is a God who really does stuff. It really happens. And um, I don't know if I remember as well the first time I um, watched the video, the donut story. Have you guys seen the donut story at all on YouTube? Some, a lot of shakes ahead. So feel free to go and look it up. Um, probably donut story will bring it up. But the guy's name is, um, and healing, but the guy's name is Chad Debman and he's from the States. And basically he went into his local supermarket uh, one morning, hungry as most 20-somethings are. And uh, he sees at the checkout a lady who has hearing aids. And so he, off he offers to pray, he takes a step of courage and offers to pray for her. And um, as, as he's praying, they're testing it out and he's taking steps back. And she realizes that she's been healed. As her hearing, you know, she was 90% deaf in one ear, 80% in the other ear, is now better than the checkout girl. He was a, he was a young checkout girl on, on the counter. And so she's crying and she's blown away by what she's seen. And so he asks, well, I think God might want to do more in the store. Can I, can I use the intercom? Uh, and she's blown away by what she's seen. So he says, yeah, you can, you can go on the intercom. And um, so he, um, he receives a number of words of knowledge in that moment, words of knowledge, things God wanted to do in that supermarket, in a local store. And so he gets on the intercom and goes, um, attention all shoppers, God is in the building. And he gets the lady uh, to share, who's, who's been uh, healed, healed in the hearing, to share what's happened to her. And then he just shares some other things he thinks God wants to do in the, in, in the building and just says, look, if you want to be healed, come to check out aisle number 10. Um, it's great. Imagine that, going into Asda and seeing this happen. Um, so a crowd gathers and um, there's a lady in an, a motorized cart. She's due a, a hip uh, surgery um, and she, she becomes healed and she's running around going, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me. And then there's a man who appears at first to be really angry and he's shaking his, his wrists at what's going on. Um, but they, they learn actually he's um, got carpal tunnel syndrome in his, in his wrists and he's a piano teacher it's his, and also a performer. It's his livelihood, but he's in constant pain in what he's doing. And so he asks for prayer to be healed and uh, he suddenly starts to feel a, a load of heat in his wrists and, and, and the super, supernaturally heat fill, fills his body. And then he is healed and, and uh, he's completely pain-free. And, you know, and so after a while, you know, um, Chad just shares a, a very simple gospel message and says, well, you know, this, is, this is the king. Um, and this is his kingdom, you know, he's, he, that Jesus is the king and he's the one who's the healer. And so a bunch of people come to faith because we've well, just met what Jesus can do. Would you, why wouldn't you, you know, just seen who he is. So, you know, some of these stories, just, they blew me away. And I was like, wow, you know, God, this is incredible. It completely changed my outlook on faith. But if I'm honest, I could kind of maybe put them slightly to the side because, well, hey, that's in China or that's in America or that's in a book or it's on a video, you know, it's not personally happened to me. You know, or maybe it's not been checked out, or maybe it's been exaggerated, and all, all these sort of questions going around. You know, what about England? What about our cynical, sceptical English culture, you know, or British culture? You know, surely miracles don't happen here. 
And then as part of the gap year, I, also, I heard a talk from a guy called Paul Weston. Um, Paul's quite local to us. He's in um, Bex there's a, a new generation church in Bexley Heath and Sidcup, so just down London, not far away. And he was a guy in his 20s. Um, and what happened is the Holy Spirit just moved amongst his friendship group in incredible ways. He wasn't a Christian and he got saved radically but as God moved amongst the friendship group. In fact, it all started with one girl um, who was really, really uh, um, an amazing missionary amongst this friendship group. Um, they didn't know it, but their family used to send her out amongst the, the, the friendship group, literally lay on hands and send her out as a missionary amongst this friendship group. Every time she went out with them for a party or for hanging out on the beach or whatever, she would, they, they would lay on hands and pray for her. And um, basically, Paul really fancied her and really, really wanted want, want her to be his girlfriend. But she said, look, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian. I think there's, this is a big difference between us. Um, and he, so he was getting to know her and basically um, came to faith. And then um, through Paul, a number of the, the, the other friends came to faith. And there was incredible stuff where a guy, um, his car flipped upside down three times in front of a bus. And he got out without a scratch on him, heard an audible voice from God that said, I've saved you for a reason. And so he just went to what the nearest church he'd heard about, which is where his old Cub Scout group used to meet, and just said, look, this has happened to me. I don't know what it means, but I think I need to become a Christian. Um, and then it all kind of culminated with um, uh, the group uh, going out for a camping weekend. And I remember Paul shared how he, he saw a vision of them all sat, sat round um, uh, and, oh, um, in, a, in a hall on the way there. It was a bit odd. Um, but what happened is the camping weekend got completely flooded. Um, the, the rains just came down all weekend. And so they unfortunately had to pack up all their tents. You know, it is England. Um, and, and so they all went off to the local pub. Um, and, you know, say there's a real mix here. By this time, it's a mixture of sort of, you know, um, Christians and non-Christians. And, and, you know, so there was plenty there who were having quite a lot to drink. Um, and so they're, they're sat at the pub. And, you know, they're just thinking, what are we going to do? And this guy comes up to them and says, oh, I feel really sorry for um, you guys, for what's happened to you. Um, I've got a little uh, kind of youth hostel, you know, why don't you have it for like a, you know, just the electricity, just the cost of the bills a night. And they're like, yeah, brilliant. And so they go off to this place. And when they're all sat around and they're drying their stuff, uh, someone turns to Paul and says, um, it's really weird that you found this place. So he explains, well, actually, it's really weird, but I actually saw a, a bit of a picture of, of us sat around in this place. And as he shared that, um, the Holy Spirit fell um, amongst their group. There was a man who, who went into the toilets completely blind drunk, threw up um, everywhere, came back into the room and said, we've got to do something about this God you're following. Yeah, and, and there's actually some people who haven't spoken to him since that day that, you know, there's been a, um, you basically, you know, it, it, it revealed that God was real and they, weren't, they didn't want to deal with it. And they're still on a journey of trying to make sense of that. But I, I guess, you know, that, that kind of was a, a nail in the coffin for me because here was a man who was 20-something, something like me, in, in our culture, and, you know, the Holy Spirit moved amongst his friendship group and, you know, out of that was actually birthed the church. And so, you know, my, it was like my belief had started to change, you know. Um, before it was like, well, God could heal if he wanted to. And now there was like a hunger in me to see these happen, things happen in my life and for him to do these things through me. And it was also around this time I experienced a personal filling of the Holy Spirit for the first time and I received the gift in, in t of tongues. And I started to get to know the Holy Spirit as a friend and someone who I could talk to just about even the normal things of life. And there was a definite shift in my thinking, you know, I went from the general belief that God could heal if he wanted to, to a more personal relationship and an expectation that God does heal today and he wants to use me. So I started asking the Holy Spirit for opportunities and, um, to pray, and most of the time, if I'm honest, nothing happened. Um, in fact, I'm sure some of my friends probably got worse um, after prayer. 
But then some things did start to happen. Um, I prayed for my friend Joey. Um, she had a really bad migraine. We were in um, the car at services. I remember it well. And I felt just compassion. Je- it was a, a Jesus' compassion rising in my heart. It wasn't just from me. It, was, it felt like a, a, a real a, a heart for her. Um, and, I, and I felt just supernatural heat in my hands. She felt the Holy Spirit too. And we just had sudden faith. She's going to be healed. And you know, she got out, out of the car after we prayed and migraine completely gone. Jesus had healed her. And then another one was um, my friend Mark at school. Um, so Mark had had a rugby injury and uh, it'd been quite bad. Uh, he'd actually been playing rugby at a decent level. Not as good as Cubbus, but still pretty good. Um, and he, uh, unfortunately, after the injury, had not been able to play anymore. In fact, um, he couldn't lift his arms kind of past his shoulders and he was taking painkillers regularly. Um, and I was really putting it off because he'd shared lots of times at school. He said, oh, you know, my shoulders always hurt me. Da, 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 da. And every time he shared, it was like something in me went, oh, I, I could offer to pray for that. And then I was the other part of me that went, but I really, really don't want to. I don't even know if he's a Christian, if he has a faith or not. Um, it could be really awkward. We're at work. This could be really, really difficult. And so I put it off and I put it off until right near the end of term, I knew that I was moving on to a new job. And I just sort of thought, well, look, Jesus, if it all goes terrible, I don't have to see him again. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and so I offered, um, you know, and, and near the end one day, I offered him, said, would you like to, you know, I explained a little bit about as a Christian and said, would you like to, to meet up and pray? You know, you've, you've often talked about your shoulder. And I kind of expected him anyway to say, no, not really. Um, but I, to my surprise, he actually said, yeah. He wasn't as freaked out as I expected him to be. Um, so we arranged to meet the next morning. And again, I kind of really didn't expect him to, to, to turn up. Uh, but we arranged to meet the next morning before school. And he, and he did show up. So kind of explained as best I could a little bit about healing, a little bit about um, you know, prayer and, and what was going to happen. And that he you know, didn't have to do anything. We're just going to pray and ask Jesus. Um, and so we prayed. And uh, the Holy Spirit came and filled the room. And we, you know, I could feel him moving. And I could definitely see Mark, Mark was meeting with God. Um, and so we prayed. Um, and, he, and after that, he was able to move his arms in ways he'd never been able to before. He was able to, to lift them, them higher. Um, his pain w- was reduced. It wasn't completely gone, um, but he, he was uh, a lot freer than what, what he had been. And you know, he was definitely blessed and definitely met with God. And you know, it was amazing just to see Jesus working and healing one of my workmates. And I was like, this is incredible. And then I, I personally also received Jesus' healing for myself. Um, uh, a really significant time in my life was um, uh, at a meeting where a visiting speaker came in and I had a prophetic word for someone. And for a couple of months, I'd been really struggling with um, a really an ankle problem. And, and stubbornly, I wasn't going to the doctors, um, which is a, a bad stubborn thing of mine. But um, I, I had a, a locked ankle um, where every time I'd wake up in the morning, it would be rigid and it would take me a kind of a good time of the day in order to be up to walking on it to actually be to, for it to loosen up a little bit and then the next morning it would be the same again and I was getting a bit worried about this and thinking I, I really need to go and check this out and someone, someone um, came and shared and just said I, I feel someone's got something wrong with their ankle and they called it out and there's only about 30 of us there and I knew this is, this is me um, so you know, I, I went for prayer and they actually shared a really significant prophetic word off the back of that which has been one of the key shaping things of my life that's shaped me about youth work and teaching was really significant. And then they prayed for healing. And from that very, uh, very day, I had no problems with it. I've never had problems since. And more, more stories I could share. Um, and I want to know, I, I think there are loads of stories in this room. So I think, why, why don't I just ask you, um, if you've personally received healing 
uh, from Jesus, or you've prayed for someone and, and seen them healed, could you just sort of raise your hand now? Wow. Okay, so just look across, across the room. You know, that, you know, there's no doubt Jesus heals today. Yeah, and I think we can be encouraged in this and stand on this. But I don't just want to talk from experience as well. So I want to share a little bit um, of, from Scripture. I think it's good to, to use the Bible and talk about the Bible. Um, I think we should do that occasionally from here. So um, I've just got a few kind of points um, just to kind of explore that, what it says in Scripture. Um, so what do we see in the Bible about healing? Well, firstly, um, so if we can bring these up as well, we can see that God is the source of healing. He defines himself as the healer. If you check out Exodus 15, 26, God says, I am the Lord who heals you. Healing flows from God. You know, that's why the psalmist sings in Psalm 103, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. Everybody say all. Everybody say all. <laughs> who heals all your diseases. That's what scripture says. And so when Jesus came, he came to heal. That was one of the prophecies for the Messiah. Um, in Malachi 4.2, it says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And the pattern of Jesus' ministry was to testify with both words and power. In Matthew 4.23, we read, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus testified with both words and power. And so if God is the healer, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. He came to heal. And God doesn't change. It says, you know, I, the Lord, do not change. And also, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I, I think some people would say, oh, well, yeah, God used to um, heal in the Old Testament, and maybe he used to heal when Jesus walked the earth, or maybe even he used to heal right up to the point scripture has been written, but he doesn't do that anymore. And I would want to say, no, that, that actually God doesn't change. He defines himself as the healer. He might change in the way he interacts with us, but who he is does not change. So if Jesus Christ is the healer then, he's the healer now. And what about us? Well, what does the Bible say about us? Well, the first thing we see is that um, Jesus gave his disciples authority to, uh, to heal, to do the same things that he did. In Matthew 10, 7 to 8, Jesus says, As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And it's the same when Jesus sends out the 72 as well in, in Luke 10, 9. Jesus says, heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near you. So Jesus' pattern was to demonstrate, and then he said to his disciples, right, you go and do it. And then he said to the 72, right, you go and do it. And he says to us, his followers, right, you go and do it. I'm there with you. you know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, his followers understood the authority they had been given. So you know, if you look at Acts 3, it's a really good example, where Peter and John come across a beggar at the, the gate called Beautiful. And he's asking for, for money, but Peter says to him, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then takes him by the right hand, and instantly the man's ankles become strong, and he's able to walk. You know, Peter understood the authority he, he had been given. You know, what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. 
And it's clear that the early church's, church's expectation was also for healing. Uh, James 5.14 says, if, Is anyone among you sick? Let's call the elders of the church together, pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. This prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. So it's clear that the early church model was um, they expected healing to be part of, of what happens. And next, I also think it's important to understand that healing is more than just physical well-being. Uh, so in Genesis 2-7 we read, The Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And when I first began to pray for people, I guess I was really confused by this. I, I wanted things to be very clear-cut. So I wanted, I kind of thought of people very much almost like machines. They were just like a physical machine. If something's broken, we want to fix something about that physical machine. And I think the truth of the matter is actually we are whole beings and you can't compartmentalize us into, into separate bits. We're actually a whole living being. Yeah, so uh, I, I think all these parts of us intertwine and affect one another. Sometimes, but not always, physical problems can have their roots in other places. Uh, for example, a back problem could actually be linked to stress. Um, the demonic can sometimes be at work. Uh, there can be issues of unforgiveness or unrepented sin. These all can have a, an impact. I remember when we play, prayed for my friend Amy um, at Soul Survivor, she'd been struggling with back pain for a while. And uh, it was not made better from the wonderful sleeping accommodation at Soul Survivor. She was on an uncomfortable roll mat in, in a tent for the week. And by the end of the week, she was really struggling and she was in a lot of pain. And we prayed for her, and amazingly, during the worship, she received amazing freedom, and she was able to dance and express her worship to God, and it was incredible. But after we got back from Soul Survivor, her back pain came back again. I remember, you know, obviously Amy was really disappointed, and all of us were really disappointed. It's like she'd received this healing, but you know, her back pain's come back. God, what's that all about? But if we were really honest, we knew as well that Amy actually was really struggling with weight problems as well. And the doctors had said that actually is causing her back pain and that you know, she needs, needs to kind of get a handle on that. And God wanted to heal the whole of her. So, you know, just taking away physical pain was an amazing thing for, for that evening. But actually what God was interested in was the whole, the whole being. And she was carrying a lot of emotional pain from past hurts, which was kind of fueling some, some difficulties with food. And God wants a whole person in every way, not, not just in, in physical, but in every way. So you know, God wanted to do a much deeper work there, actually to, to bring her healing in her emotional pain, you know, to free her in that sort of way. And sometimes emotional healing can be just as powerful or even more powerful than physical healing. Um, another story, I remember my friend Graham um, uh, went to Soul Survivor and he found himself unexpectedly laughing in the spirit. Uh, it's not an experience I've ever had. And to be honest, Graham would have been the last person in the world I would have expected this to happen to. He was a, a school teacher, very respectable. If any of his year sevens would have seen him, they would have been completely surprised. Um, and he would have said the same. He, he didn't expect it, but he found himself unexpectedly um, laughing. And for, and for some time, he couldn't stop in a way. And after that, um, he shared that he just received an amazing freedom um, from depression he'd been struggling with. From a, from a real heaviness and depression he'd be struggling with. And he, he felt so much lighter and so much freer and so much joy. You know, and we tend to compartmentalize people into segments. We tend to want to uh, put them into physical, emotional, spiritual. But sometimes these parts are all kind of affecting one another. So uh, one of the um, New Testament Greek words, in fact, for healing is sozo. 
sozo. I'm not a very a good scholar on this, but um, I've looked it up a bit. And that same word, sozo, is also used for salvation. So he's used in some places for healing and other places for salvation. Because salvation is much more than just you go to heaven one day. It's actually, it's about wholeness in every part of us. Jesus wants to come and he wants to bring wholeness to, to all of us, every part of us. That's your body, your mind, your emotions, your will, your heart, your soul, your spirit. He wants wholeness in all of us. He wants to restore us as part of a new creation. Think about the um, woman who came to Jesus with uh, bleeding, for example. And you know, if, if you know the story well, she's, she's had this problem for years and she's gone to lots of doctors um, to try and get it checked out and, and get it, uh, and get it um, fixed, but no one can help her. And, but she believes, if I just touch Jesus' cloak, I will be healed. If I just can do that. And so it's a jostling crowd. She gets her chance and she reaches for it and she knows instantly, I've been healed. You know, something happens there. She knows inwardly, oh, I've, I've been healed. But Jesus isn't content just to leave it there. He knows it's happened. And so he, so he questions this, well, someone, you know, who, who touched my clothes? Something, something happened there. Who was it? And so she realizes she can't kind of hide away from it. And so she said, you know, confesses that actually it was me. And she confesses the whole story of, of what happened. And Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has healed. The word is sozoed, sozoed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You ever wondered why Jesus needed to, to kind of stop on that? Well, you know, she was already healed, couldn't he have just left her at that? But you see, what Jesus wanted for her wasn't just a physical healing. There was a lot of shame that went with her condition. You know, in that time, your know, blood was thought of as unclean. And so you know, there was a lot of shame. She was a, really a reject, a cut off from society because of this. And Jesus wanted her to be restored again. He wanted her to know that you are accepted in. You are, you, you are free of all that shame. You don't need to carry any of that anymore. He wanted wholeness for the whole of her, not just a physical healing. Yeah, I sometimes wonder, and I'm not sure about this, but I sometimes wonder if that's why Jesus asked the blind person, what do you want me to do for you? It's like maybe Jesus looks at someone and he sees, yes, the physical need, but he also sees every need. You know, which is greater, our need for forgiveness in the sight of the Father or the need for physical healing? You know, which is our, what's our, our actual deepest need? And it's like Jesus sees the whole of us and he wants to bring wholeness to us. So my last point, then, on some very simple theology, um, and it's a really simple one. It's not about us. It's all about God. Actually, I, I found Jill just to chat about some, some thoughts around this, and it's really helpful. She said, oh, one of, the, one of the prayers I teach the, the ministry team, it's a really useful prayer, and it goes like this. Help. <laughs> and and it's, it's so true, isn't it? We, we know God is the healer. It's not about us. It's all about him. Yeah. And I, I think the disciples knew this well. If you look back at... Acts chapter 3, at that story. So Peter and John, um, they've been with this, this guy, um, he's been healed, you know, literally as Peter's de declared it, he's been healed. And so a group's gathering around of onlookers saying, well, what's happened here? And so Peter says this to them, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. Though, you, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know has, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. 
Yeah, I love that. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has healed him. It's not about us. It's all about God. So it's the same for us. Everything we do, everything, is in partnership with the Holy Spirit, being led by him. And we pray in the name of, and the authority of Jesus to the glory of God the Father. It's never about us. It's all about God. Okay, before I sort of move on from this bit, I know that there'll be some kind of thoughts ringing around, kind of saying, yeah, but what about, what about X? What about Y? What about Z? You know, why don't things happen as much these days? Or when I pray, nothing seems to happen. Am I doing it right? Or um, why isn't everyone healed when we pray? Anne and Helen will be returning to some of those questions <laughs> later on in the series. But I didn't think it fair to, unless I at least kind of touched, touched them a little bit. So, um, yeah, I've got to be honest. The honest answer to some of that is, I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't know, and I don't want to pretend that I do. But I, I do have some thoughts that maybe help sh shape our thinking. One of them is I do think that our culture and faith plays a part. You know, Jesus often said to people, your faith has made you well. It's clear that faith has a part in what happens. And it's, I find it really interesting. It's, um, I don't want to build a theology around one word, but I find it really interesting in, in Mark's Gospel, when it describes Jesus in his hometown, it, it says, Jesus could not do many miracles there except lay on his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Yeah, that's in Mark 6, 5. So, yeah, I find it really interesting, the idea that Jesus could not do many miracles there. He's a really strange description, but it seems that the faith of the people there made a difference. I also think there's something here about the kingdom being now and not yet. You know, Jesus told them that the kingdom of heaven is near. I wonder if you ever thought about what he meant by that. Did he mean it's chronologically near? You know, in time, it's, it's near. Well, he was going to die on the cross soon and rise from the dead, so chronologically it was near. Or did he mean it's in proximity near? Jesus, the king, was walking amongst them. The kingdom of heaven is near. You're close to Jesus. You're close to the king of kings. The kingdom of heaven is near. And I think it's kind of both, really. Um, I'll, I'll explain this with a football analogy. Sorry for those who, who hate football. But um, you could ask yourself, when were Leicester City closest to winning the Premiership title? In which year were they closest to winning the Premiership title before they won it? And you could say, well, um, chronologically, they were closest the year before they won it. Even though they almost finished bottom of the league, chronologically, they were closest then, because the next year they won it. But if you talk about proximity, you'd be talking about, well, when did they finish second or third? When did they finish close to winning it? Now, think about that in terms of the kingdom. When we say the kingdom of heaven is near, there are places, there are, there are times when it's like the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven come close, and there's, there's it's almost the thin separation between them means you almost feel like you can touch heaven, and heaven is touching earth. Those thin places, we know where God is so near. And so there's something about when the kingdom of heaven draws near, healing flows from the kingdom. And because in heaven we know there's no sickness, no pain, you know, no tears, no mourning, no crying. When heaven draws near, healing flows. And so there's something about the kingdom being now and not yet that when, we're in the, when the kingdom of heaven is near, we know that healing flows. But there is a mystery to this, guys, and um, I, I don't want to kind of say there's not. But I'm not also going to use that as a reason not to pray. You see, rather than trying to lower scripture to fit my experience, Rather than trying to make scripture fit my experience, where if I don't see everybody healed, then I'll say from scripture, it doesn't happen anymore. No, I want to raise my experience to fit scripture, to fit in with what the Bible says. You know, I think that's the way we, we stand as believers. 
So I'm convinced that the Bible says Jesus heals today. It's my conviction. Um, and out of that conviction, I want to pray uh, for the sick. I believe it's part of my mandate as a Christian to bring God's kingdom to earth. Okay. So the next question is, how do we pray? Thanks, Dave. So for this, I think it would be really good to, to maybe do something quite practical. Um, so could I ask for a volunteer who wouldn't mind um, being prayed for? Um, uh, maybe has uh, any kind of uh, thing they would like prayer for? So, okay, thank you very much. Do, thanks, Sandra. Come up. Just give Sandra a round of applause. <laughs> thanks, Sandra. Okay. So what I want to do before we pray for each other, I just really want to simply demo a few things around this. And Sandra's very helpfully going to help me with that. Um, and so the, the first thing I'd want to kind of say about this when we come to pray for s someone, it's a bit like location, location, location. It's relationship, relationship, relationship. Okay, that's the very first thing I'd want to say is that all of this comes out of a relationship with God. It's all done through the Holy Spirit. It's all done in connection with him. So there's nothing that I can do. There's no magic formula this morning, okay, which, which may or may not lead to Sandra being healed. It's not about a, a magic formula. You know, that, uh, there's no coin slot for God where you put in a coin and out comes healing. It's not like that. Um, so it's all going to be in relationship with, with the Holy Spirit. And so a good place to start is just asking for the Holy Spirit to come to, and just to, to be in this, in this place and asking uh, for his guidance. So I'll just do that. Holy Spirit, just pray for your presence right now. Would you come to heal, I pray. And then a good place to go with next is just to ask some simple questions. So um, some, things, some things you might ask for is, what would you like prayer for? My hands to be healed. Yeah. Your hands to be healed, great, okay. Um, and other simple questions sometimes um, are good to ask is, how long has it been like this? Kind of what happened? Do you want to ask me just sort of what's happened with your hands and that? For quite a few, few years, I think I've overdone it. Playing the piano, I've got arthritis in all my fingers, and the doctor said there's nothing they can do. Okay, so there's arthritis in your fingers, and, and the doctor said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do with this. Mm. I didn't know that, and mm. I love your piano playing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really incredible. Um, another thing, good thing to ask is, the Bible talks about laying, laying on hands when, when we pray. It's good to ask if it's okay, um, particularly if there's an area that may hurt. Um, you don't want to lay on hands and cause any, any pain, so it's a good question to ask. Is it okay if I lay on hands? Yeah. Yep, okay, brilliant. So we can do that, okay. So I'm just going to hold your hands out like that, that would be great. Okay, next thing which I find really, really difficult, I'll be honest, this is one I really struggle with, is it's good to pray with your eyes open. I think the reason for this is because you can see kind of what God's doing uh, and what's going on uh, and, and things like that. I find that really difficult, I'll be honest, but we'll, we'll give that a go. So we're going to pray with our eyes open. Um, and we're going to invite the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then also, don't be afraid just to wait. There's no rush with these things. You know, I think that sometimes we rush on really quickly. So it's fine just to wait. So we're just going to pray now that the Holy Spirit comes and fills Sandra, and we're just going to wait on that. So, Holy Spirit, would you, would you come? Would you, would you fill Sandra from her head to her toe? Come, come bless her, I pray. Come fill her, I pray. It's also really good just to pray blessing over the person. You know, when they come from prayer, we want to bless them. You know, um, if they end up getting healed or not, we want them always to have been uplifted and prayed and, and loved and blessed have that experience so just just to pray for them so Sandra, god we just thank you for sandra so much god we thank you for her musical gifts we thank you for the way that she blesses us with her playing thank you for the gifts that you've given her thank you that she's placed them in your hands and they, and in that they're a blessing to many yes. thank you for these hands god thank you for how they've blessed you as a mother as a musician as a daughter of yours thank you for your love for her god we bless her in Jesus' name. We thank you for her. 
Thank you for her friendship. And then when you're ready, um, I think it's good to speak to the condition in Jesus' name. So oh, yeah, we'll, pray, we'll pray and bless him, we'll invite the Holy Spirit. And when you're ready, it's good just to speak to the condition in Jesus' name. We've looked at saying that we come under the authority of Jesus' name. It's him who, by his death and his resurrection, has won authority over all darkness. So we're just going to um, do that now. So in the name of Jesus, I speak to this arthritis. I say it needs to go in the name of Jesus. I declare health and strength this day. And arthritis needs to go. I pray freedom of movement, freedom of playing. In the name of Jesus. And it's good to wait, there's no rush. It's also then you can ask kind of simple questions about, okay, is there anything happening? So, so is there anything going on that you're feeling? Is there anything going on uh, coming to mind or anything that's, that's going on with you that you can feel happening? And also, it's good to say, there's no pressure on that. <laughs> I just said, there's no pressure on that at all. If they can test it, test it out. There's still stiffness. Still stiffness? That's good. That's fine. Thank you. Um, I would offer, always offer as well, would you like to pray again? Should we pray again? It'll be great. It'll be great. See, it's really, really good. We can, um, sometimes actually in the act of, of stepping out and testing it as well, people get healed. You notice in, um, when, G, when Peter spoke to the, the, um, uh, the guy who was begging he, and he, he helps him to his feet and instantly the man's ankles became strong. So something as well about getting people to test things if they can. Just a note on that though, if it's around a prescription, like a, a doctor's prescription, don't ask them to, t- to stop taking it. Okay, doctors can tell them when it's time to stop taking their prescription. So you know, there's a point there. But if they can test it out, it's good too. So let's just, let's just pray again. Thank you, God. More of your Holy Spirit, just increase what you're doing. More of you, God. Are you feeling anything going on there, Sandra? Yeah, well, my hands are all going cold, which is nice. <laughs> cool is good. Cool is soothing. <laughs> Let's just pray one more time. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. We just bless it in Jesus' name. We just we pray in Jesus' name. Your balm, your healing oil, in Jesus' name. Come soothe, I pray. In Jesus' name. Is it okay if we stop there for the moment? Is that okay? Um, thank you. Give a round of applause. It's, you can keep going. I do actually know people who've been healed on the, the seventh go. <laughs> you know, I've fixed it five or six times then it, on the seventh one. And I think it's also good to remember that not all healing 
is instantaneous, actually. You know, Jesus said, you will lay on the, your hands on the sick and they will recover. He didn't say that they will be instantly healed. So I think it's, it's good with that. But to, to, to keep praying as much as a person would like, because um, there's no rush with these things. Okay. I also just think there's just a couple of, of maybe things to avoid, which I want to just mention on, and then we're all going to kind of pray together. Cool. Sandra, let us know, by the way, if that... <laughs> I'm going to be watching you now. Um, okay, so... Um, first thing I would say is don't tell someone that they're healed. Okay, don't just say, and you've been healed. I, I, I've seen a reason to, to be honest. You might have great faith for it having happened, but trust me, the person will know. If they've been healed, they'll know and they'll let you know. Okay, so we don't need to declare you've, you've been healed. Another little one to look, look out for is don't tell someone they're not healed because of a lack of faith. Okay, let's just not have any of that garbage here. Okay, um, in fact, I, there's one pastor who says, um, if anybody tells somebody they've not been healed because of a lack of faith, they're going to need some healing, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a little bit threatening, but um, I don't mean, want to say it like that. I just want to say, is not helpful, okay? Even if there might be an element of, of that they're struggling in, in faith, it doesn't help to tell them that. It doesn't, that doesn't encourage them or bless them. We're trying to encourage and bless people. Um, if you feel that their faith for healing is low, you could, you could share a scripture around, around healing. You could share the truth from God's word. You could share some sto- stories of, of healing that you've seen recently. You, you, want, you want to build faith. We don't want to um, you know, leave people with, with junk telling them, oh, it's your, your fault. I think that's really toxic. Uh, just... Don't, we don't want that amongst our community. Um, another one I'd say don't say is don't tell them that they're not healed because of some hidden sin. Okay, again, it's the same sort of thing, but you know, if it could be, it could be the whole, in the church of the Holy Spirit, you get a feeling that there's something going on which, um, which maybe needs to come out. Rather than saying, oh, you're not healed because you're, you're hidden sin, just ask some simple questions that help them connect, connect with God. You know, is, is God bringing anything to mind? You know, how's your relationship with God going? at the moment. Simple questions that allows that person to talk to you and God about stuff. You know, don't, don't kind of say, pronounce that things over people, you, you know, because you could be wrong and actually you're leaving people with and then a load of junk to deal with, which, you know, is not good. Again, we don't really want that in the community. Good. And just one more on this. Um, I don't really kind of have phrase this, but um, I, I, would, I would encourage not pleading with God. And what, what I mean is this. Um, you know, if, if I was kind of praying for Helen and, and, I, and I prayed, you know, was praying like this, that, oh God, out of your great love for Helen, because you love Helen so much, God, because she's your daughter, because you love her, would, would you come? Would you come and heal her? Would you come and do this? And I, I totally understand that, that our hearts cry out for people, and that, that's really good. But I think it's important to remember our position as followers of Jesus, that he has given us authority. We don't need to twist God's arm, okay? He's not reluctant to heal. Okay, he loves to heal. We're not trying to twist God's arm when we pray. Um, and so I just think it's important in terms of the way we pray that we, um, it's good just to, just, just to say you know, a simple command. You know, in the name of Jesus, you know, I, tell, I tell his condition to go. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a simple thing we're saying. We're not trying to twist God's arm on it. Okay. That's good. That's good. So having said all that, remember what we said to start with. Relationship, relationship, there's no formula. Okay? <laughs> all this, these are just helpful, helpful things, I hope. Um, that we'd like to, to use.